Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. We have no choice but to embark on this perilous journey. Well, well, well. That's Watch right. number one. That's right. Here we are at our Time Zone West City. No, we're not allowed to say the name of you. Can, you can walk through, man. It's all good. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, we've just watched Dr. Doolittle for the first time. Uh, in a center of the, As forecast, you have to excuse that, we are live in the Time Zone <laughs> as advertised. Uh, That's great. A cinema. This is Gonzo Film Reviewing. Unto ourselves. Mm. 240 seats in that cinema, I counted, and there were two people in there. One was me, and the other was Guy Montgomery. That's right. We are pretty down-the-line sort of cinematic experience initially. At some point, Tim and I got sick of each other, so I went for a little uh, wander. You got sick of my banter, but then I just bantered <laughs> loudly at you from across the cinema. That's right. I, which I, is I, very, cath- I don't know if cathartic is <laughs> the right word, but satisfying to just be able to bellow rude shit across an entire 240-seat cinema That's that right. you haven't spent money to... We paid $11 for these tickets because it's a Monday, and we got the whole cinema to ourselves. It was so satisfying. Almost uh, good enough to justify watching the film, you but can, not. You can hoop and holly, you can make inappropriate jokes at inappropriate yeah. times about inappropriate moments uh, without fear of retribution, either that you feel within yourself, like yeah. what you might describe as shame, or from those around you. <laughs> Uh, and it's and I mean this is the movie itself. Which I we'll think get it to. speaks to the film that we are not talking about. Well, we will we, address it, but just it's a fun. What was sort of you know it was hanging over me is quite a long Monday is already quite a fun day. Yeah, I really like the. This is the thing about going to the movies: you can't get away from the fact that you're just in a nice dark room. For a bit, and for like two hours, and you don't have to do any work. Yeah, they and that's reg- cool. They regulate the temperature, yeah. so it's it's just about pitch perfect. I always take a sweater myself when I go to the cinema. I just don't like to get a little bit too cold. You don't want to take the risk. Well, they can be colder I've than you think. I've been in the odd cinema that has been too cold. I went and saw, I think it was Rogue One, and the air conditioning broke, and it was a packed cinema, and it was very sweaty. Too hot. Way See, too hot. That's that's a more of a rarity to yeah. my eyes. So those are two things that can go wrong when you go to the movies. The other thing that can go wrong is sometimes the movie's bad. That's right. And sometimes you do know this or you expect this, sometimes you don't. Yes. Uh, in this instance, I think we were somewhat expecting the movie to be bad. Yeah. And in that respect, the movie delivered. <laughs> 
You're damn right. We had expectations going in, and they were met. Well done, everyone involved. Um, this what, this what, movie what, was very confusingly bad. It actually started off very well, I thought. Very well indeed. Yeah, really strong, efficient storytelling. The opening gambit is animated in sort of an old-timey uh, cartoon book style. Like an old Disney, yeah. sort of a like Cinderella Disney and you've got, style. Uh, the fantastic sounds of Emma Thompson uh, narrating over the footage as she very neatly sets up the story. What we have is Dr. Doolittle, as portrayed by Robert Downey Jr. There's or a, a man. cartoon of He's Dr. Smart. Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. He can talk to animals. He fell in love. The woman died at sea. And that's it. And so he, and, uh, he could talk to animals. and uh, They tried to do up. Initially, they got, yeah. they got pretty close. Up worked so much harder than this. Oh, of course it Up did. essentially laid out a six to seven minute short film at the top of itself. Which was the entirety of human life. Dr. Doolittle probably made an entire movie, realised yeah. that they hadn't established why everything that was happening was happening, and yeah. then wrote a two minute short story to begin it. That two minute short was good, and I liked it. And then as soon as we crashed into live what? action filming, real life, I was like, Put me back in the cartoon. Yeah, you, you felt you that felt was robbed. Cool. Just quickly before we move on to the actual story, uh, an important detail within. <laughs> we don't need to move on to the, the story. animated uh, opening. Is that uh, so? That Lily Doolittle, which was his wife's name, and Doctor yes. Doolittle, Doctor John Doolittle, they set up a sort of uh, a large scale. What would you call it? A refuge like a or a sanctuary, an animal sanctuary. So they'd accept all animals. They would come and visit them, and they could heal them. They could live there safely and happily. And at the death of his wife, his beloved. Uh, John Doolittle becomes this sort of eccentric recluse who no longer accepts new patients. He will no longer talk to people. He's let himself go. He's got a long beard. His hair is scraggly and unkempt. He wears <laughs> clothes that are terrible. And there's a pretty so in the cartoon. There's a scene where it has very similar again to Cinderella. Um, all of the animals dressing Doctor Doolittle like um, putting that, on his that, scrubs, putting his coat on, getting him ready to go into surgery. Is that Cinderella? It's Snow White, isn't it? Snow White. Sorry, you did right. Come on, did, brother. I know. Fuck! Um, well, this is the big time. Are you I know. Go, go I'm there blowing it. Out the wrong Disney movie. I'm blowing it here. <laughs> we only get one shot to film in the time zone. <laughs> um, Hopefully, we get two more. No, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how comfortable they are with us being here, to be honest. But luckily for us, this entire Cineplex <laughs> is empty. That's right. Sometimes it's good to be in New Zealand. So, in the real, when we cut to the real life one, then they do the getting his clothes on scene again, and I was like, they're just doing Iron Man. But a shit version of it. They really were. And that sort of rings it's, even... You know, it's like the hand goes into the glove, the foot goes into the boot, the animals are assisting. It's like, this Which is Echoes of insanity, Man. considering that Downey Jr. has just walked free of this franchise. Absolutely. Uh, and it sort of everything remains somewhat on track, though. They introduced CGI pretty early. Before we actually get to see Doolittle in the real world, we watch this young boy and his... Uh, family, his dad portrayed by Chris Finch of the office fame. Finchy! <laughs> squeal, biggie, squeal! <laughs> Disgusting man. And uh, they CGI, the first CGI animal we see, because CGI plays a huge role in this film, is. CGI is the main actor in this movie. Is a Big little star. squirrel yes. in a tree. And as soon as we saw the squirrel, what you said CGI is. Obs- what did you say? 
Oh, I see that digital effects artists are obsessed with digital technology now. We are getting not just films, but entire franchises being lifted on the sails of digital fur technology. Everyone in Hollywood right now who works at a studio is sitting on a big pile of money like smog and they're going, <laughs> get me the most accurate digital fur technology. Everyone's obsessed with these little hairs and the fact that we can do them on a computer now. And what is it all for? Cats? This? It's a bad idea. <laughs> and we need to stop looking for excuses to do digital fur technology. Do you know how long It's a it? fucking cult, man. You know, Eyes Wide Shut was supposed to be an allusion to this underground cult, that, a sex cult that happens in Hollywood. I think that exists, and it's turned into this church of digital fur technology. You think it's a sort of more platonic, fur-oriented cult. Ironically, you want to know who's to blame? Probably... Sir Peter Jackson, a New Zealander, for kicking off this whole fucking big old boner for computer digital effects and cinema again. Well, anyway. We you know met- who was good? Spielberg. He knew how to use a puppet. Was E.T. a puppet? E.T. was a puppet. You better believe it. Jaws? Yep. No way was Jaws a Jaws puppet. Jaws was a fucking puppet. It was the 80s, man. It was the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah, maybe. There you go. <laughs> what, were they going to make it on a Commodore 64? I think not. Uh, I, I always get scared. I always shake in my boots when I veer into technological conversations <laughs> with you. You all-knowing, so, all-seeing freak of nature. So this... Um, this young boy is hunting with his yeah. parents, or his dad and his brother, or his uncle and his cousin, or some <laughs> bizarre combination of family that yeah. is vaguely alluded to but never properly illuminated. And he loves animals to the point that he hates the hunting. Yeah. And when he's meant to shoot at the ducks, he deliberately pulls the, the gun away and shoots into the air, accidentally in doing so, clipping the aforementioned squirrel, who he then feels terrible about. It's pretty hard out, actually, because this little boy sets up how much he doesn't want to hurt animals, and his dad's like, we hunt, it's who we are, we shoot birds and shit. <laughs> and so we've got this big dramatic scene, and he's like shaking in his boots, lining up the shot, he, he, he throws it to the side and shoots, and then all the, we've got the wide shot of all the ducks flying away. It's like, great, all the animals are safe, the boy did a good job. Yeah. And then he fully nailed the squirrel. Yeah, and he fully and you could, he, to be fair, he's a he's a hot and cold actor, this young kid, and I don't want to be criticising anyone, you know, under my own age. or No, to be fair, under 18, I think, but the guy has no control over whether or not he's doing a good job or a bad job. In this instance, he does a good job of conveying remorse of and feeling badly. Of all the things we could be talking about, I don't want to take pop shots at this young buck's acting chops. Well, he does a better job eventually than the young girl who winds up acting opposite. I this thought she brutal. was I thought she, she is was also about 13 or 14. She They're got fine. cast in a high budget Dr. Doolittle franchise in film. In a movie. It's so good. Act. We if know, you're in a movie, you act. We know they've got the good, it's like trust them. It's good. You want to take pop shots at anyone? Let's talk about <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. for 30 minutes. Well, here's a guy who shows up to work <laughs> and experiments with the way a human voice can sound every <laughs> single second of the Day. Good God! I feel like he has too much power. That you is know, what, that is what I feel like. You know, you know when uh, there, there's kind of that meme of going to KFC and you like hold up a chicken nugget and a picture of a chicken. You go point to the bit <laughs> of the chicken where this is from. I want to hold up a global map and get Robert Downey Jr. to point to where his regional accent is from. I feel like is. he doesn't have enough fingers on his hands. <laughs> the guy <laughs> is literally taking from everywhere. <laughs> and is. I respect it. I can only describe it as Mrs. Doubtfire at like 70% effort. No one. But then Jamaican as well. No one had the confidence to tell him to do one voice. Yeah. It's like, I just, I can't help but think he showed up and everyone thought, well, it's Robert Downey Jr. 
He knows yeah, what he don't. knows what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. You don't tell, you know, you don't direct Robert Downey Jr. I'm going to concentrate on these kids and let Robert Downey Jr. do what Robert Downey Jr. This does. This is the good thing about Disney, the mouse, the mouse's house, the Iron Mouse curtain grabbing these Marvel films because you don't fuck with Disney. Disney's got balls. They get directors who come in and swing their dicks around and they don't get intimidated by the likes of Robert Downey Jr. with their crazy voice ideas. Yeah. They lay down the law. They say, this is what Iron Man sounds like. It makes for more... Oh, you can walk through. It's okay. Thank you. Uh, they, they make more consistently, you know, serviceable films or films that meet a certain... Like, their, their floor is lower, but their, their ceiling is also lower. Like, I would, it's more exciting to see... It becomes exhausting, of course, because you don't understand half of what the guy's saying. Absolutely But not. it's more interesting to see him doing that than just that sort of wisecracking... It's also very difficult to figure out, like, what his... This backstory alluded to in this, and I feel like if we knew where he was from... Do you know... Is it Liverpool? Is it Scotland? Oh, they we re- do they reference he, the University of Edinburgh. That's right. I think to ask anyone to tell us exactly where his voice is from is asking too much of that person. Yeah. I will say, growing up, I remember there was a tattered copy of Dr. Doolittle in a bookcase in my house. Yeah. And you're right. And uh, that was not to myself, by the way, for those of you listening along. We're just along. ushering We're people We're just sort in. of letting people know that they can enter the toilet, which is located directly behind the camera. We have positioned ourselves <laughs> in... Uh a fantastic location. What Go on. would be described as a main thoroughfare if there were more than four people in the cinema. <laughs> cinema. Um, so, it, and it, it's like, I think this speaks a lot to the era and location of the film. Like, it looks sort of... Oh, yeah, because when are we? It was like... I the think houses it feels like, like the, 19th century. So the houses look like the 1600s. No, I think it's, it's a little bit later than that. Yeah, they're all... St- I quite like, like... Again, and I feel like we always come back to this when we're talking about these high-budget films that are sort of storytelling failures, but set art department, set dresses, costuming, I mean, they all had a lot of fun. They got given big paychecks. They were like, this is where we tell our story. Yeah. And they did. It was a very sumptuous Yes. Film. You, do, like, you, lo- you use that word It's a fucking nice time. word. Say it. Sumptuous. Yeah. How do you spell it? S-U-M-P. I don't know. I? I, I go T U O U S. You know one of those W's? Yeah. W's. Like where it's got a U and then an O and then another U. Yeah. Sumptuous. Sumptuous. Anyway, they've done a fantastic job and you can't take that away from them. Like, you can't take that away from them, the, Robert Downey Jr. Try yeah. though you might. The rest of the film, it's sort of, it's not irrelevant, but it's like. No, it is, I think. This is a costume film. This film, um, I feel like they really were making a play to set this up for a franchise because there is basically the cinema-going experience for Guy and I was hearing an animal of which there's about 20 and going, Who's that? James Corden, Emma Thompson, who else? Yeah, for reference, James Corden Tiffany is actually not in, the, not in the film, but he was in the, um, it was in the trailer for Peter trailers. Rabbit and he was in the trailer for the new Trolls film, hopefully alongside the McElroy brothers. I thought it was I, Tiffany Haddish. No, that, was that, a, that Trolls was a, movie, that's World Tour. I think they're in Trolls 2. Which is already out. Yeah, I think it happened. I haven't done the research. Me neither. I really should um, I should know that. It was not Tiffany Haddish who voiced the goose. Oh. It was Octavia Spencer. Oh, shit. Having a whale of a time. Yeah, fucking A. Everyone was having fun on there. Yeah, I actually would love to get up some of the other <laughs> cast members because... People did a good job. Kumail Nanjiani was there. He, he had a lot funny. of fun. Rami Malek was Chi-Chi. Who Wait. is the gorilla? Oh, Emma Thompson. I was trying to place him the whole time. It would never have occurred to me. Polly the parrot. John Cena 
was the voice of Yoshi, the polar bear. Kumail Nanjiani was Plimpton, the ostrich. Uh-huh. Octavia Spencer was, Spencer was Dab Dab, who I assume is the goose. Yeah. Tom Holland. Just hold your mic a little because the cable's oh, coming yeah. in and out. There we go. Unreliable cable. Was Jip, who I don't remember who that was. Jip. I don't know, man. Craig Robinson was the squirrel. who He had a sort of almost comic. A lot of these actors had almost comic turns. What were the reliable laughs that you got out of the movie? There were a few. Sprinkled amongst it, there were a few laughs to be had. I remember. There was. I laughed like twice. I have a funny feeling Antonio Banderas said something funny, but I can't remember what it was. Didn't write it down either. You I wrote, believe I wrote I a few of them down. down. Oh, yeah. um, I thought that something smells wrong. The dog says this. Something smells wrong. And that's coming from someone who loves butts. Loves sniffing butts. Loves the smell of butts. Yeah. And then that's a movie that knows what it is, who it's for, and there are flashes of this amongst what is otherwise. Robert Downey Jr. can't let whoever says that have the line and goes, you do like butts. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. steamrolls anyone else having a good time. Anyone having a shot at a laugh or a moment, Robert Downey Jr. will kick down the door and interrupt proceedings. Do you think that the trailer represents the movie we just saw? No. Fuck, man, let me say this. I don't think the movie we saw represents the movie we saw. Confused? (laughs) Somewhat. Something about the pacing and the editing and the hint at scenes that you see 10 seconds of, which you know went for minutes, it's very weirdly put together, and then it just kind of ends out of nowhere. It's, I can't really articulate it, but the rhythm of the film didn't work at all. And the pacing's really weird. And I just constantly, things were just happening. Nothing mattered. And then it just ended. The boy, for example. So at the start of the movie, you're like, okay, a lot of this movie is going to be about the boy. It's going to be a romance story between the boy and, um, for some reason, she's not a princess, even though she's Rose. The, yeah, Lady Rose, who's the daughter of the queen, the reigning queen of England, who has fallen ill from poison. This is the, Actually, the whole plot of the movie is Doodle has got to find the an- antidote for um, the, the poison. poison for the queen. Um, and the, the queen has been poisoned by... An uh, advisor. A yeah, close, a cunning a advisor who's next in line for the throne. And the clarity of that story and the very plainly painted villains within it mm. is to be commended. Yeah, because it's a kid's movie. Yeah, which Cats was not, for the record. <laughs> well, it depends who you ask. Um, so we spend a lot of time with the kid up front. He's the first character we see on screen. We're like, it's the kid. It's all about the kid. Um, I even hazarded that the kid was going to gain the gift of speaking to animals to the point that Doolittle has it, which sort of happens, but not in a magical way. He just kind of academically learns it as this, the movie progresses to so set it up for a sequel where he grabs the reins, like Spider-Man and Iron Man. suggested that uh, it's some, it's, there's this, there is a magical quality to being able to speak to animals. Like he, but he sort of learns po- it but, no, but Polly sort of pegs him and says to him, you're special in a way that, no one else's. I felt like there was a bit of a tease, though, because then he goes, oh, my God, I can talk to animals. I'm doing it right now. And she's like, no, I'm a parrot that can speak English. I'm the shit. I know, but then he winds up talking to the other animals. Yeah, and but him, learned, and, saying, him and Doolittle. Doolittle, it feels like there's kind of a magical quality to it. Like, he, he's so dude, articulate with the It animals. takes so much anyway, effort to look, look effortless. And also, the these point, motherfuckers should meet Eliza Thornberry if they think <laughs> they're the only people with that ability in the, the world. The point I was trying to make was... And between you all, and me, something amazing happened. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. It's all set up for us to spend time with the kid whose name I do not recall. But then... Stubbins! As soon as Robert Downey... Very good. As soon as Robert Downey Jr. kicks down the door, it's the Robert Downey Jr. show. And he has got to be the smuggest, most selfish actor that's ever been on a screen. And to be honest, it's kind of what this role required because it's so weird and flamboyant. It's very similar to Johnny Depp's role in the in the Pirates um, franchise to the point where I was like, I think this is just an audition tape for him to take Johnny Depp's role in Pirates now that Johnny Depp's cancelled, pending further investigation <laughs> by the public at large. Jesus. The machine's It's something. a giant claw machine. Uh, Why is it vibrating? Firing like itself that? up. Oh my God. And this claw is giant, by the way. For those of you who cannot see, which I imagine is everyone, uh, we're talking about a claw that would be Four to five times the size of the claw in the Toy Story it, franchise. It could pick up my head, my whole head. Danny, it's called the giant uh, claw. Yeah, Danny Jr., um, Jack Sparrow, sorry, it, at least his voice was consistent throughout the film. Oh, you're a good man. That's okay, thanks. Um, like, I guess you put him in a movie because you want to see him, right? Yes. But then you, you want to see other stuff too. You want to see a movie. Yes. So this doesn't have that. This is just him doing the strangest accent. It's so weird. Oh, it's kind of fun. He sort of goes... It's not. It's okay to be scared. (laughs) It's fun for him. It's fun for him. It's fun for you because you're like, I would have fun Do you know what it feels like to me? It feels like he showed up on the first day of set and he was excited. He was free. He had a lot of creative power. He could do what he wanted. And he did this voice and it came out and he wasn't totally in control of it. He hadn't thought about it. He's like, I'm a good actor. This is a big big budget franchise. There's nothing to worry about here. I can show up. I can have a bit of fun. I can be myself. I'm no longer under the iron curtain of Disney. Let's have a party. Right. And he started doing the voice, and the voice sort of got away from him, and he was like, right. okay. And then he showed up the next day, he's like, well, I'll just steady the ship, I'll get the voice consistent on the second day, and yeah. then once I've got that going, you know, I'll settle into the rhythm. And he didn't quite get it, and then it was the third day, the same thing happened. And then after three days, he was like, we've already got what got would a lot be of five to ten minutes of the movie. Yes. 
I'm in over my head here. I've not yet got the voice. No one on set has the authority or the confidence to tell me to rein it in. So this is it. So he had probably quite a long time working where he was just like, fuck. I, it's like... The, it's like the only thing I can say it to is if you're trying out a new joke that involves a voice or if you've ever been in a scene on stage where that involves a voice and Once you, go you start out, you're out swinging yeah. massively and you're like here I am yeah. here's the voice here's the character yeah. and it doesn't take and then you know one minute two minutes and you're like someone's got to come and bail me out uh, dude not if you're Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. in the lead in the new Doolittle franchise because there's very there's no other adults that are there with him the whole time the villain comes and goes a bit <laughs> Michael and, Sheen and, and Tanya, a very enjoyable comic turn actually I thought he was a fantastic pantomime style villain yeah he's good also got a good laugh from me when uh, Robert Downey Jr. they're on boats at one point they're racing to some archipelago and there's where the, 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 the antidote, which is contained within this tree of Eden, which can only be found using the research of Lily Doodledoo, who was dead at sea at the start of the movie. Um, they're sort of racing out there, and Doodledoo's on his way early, and then Michael Sheen catches up, and the, the idea is he's going to destroy him so that he can't go back and save the Queen in time. And he sort of sees him through his, uh, what's it called when you've got one telescope? Monoscope? No. Uh, uni- a telescope. Uni- uniculars? Boy, it's called a telescope. Telescope. And he, uh, he sees Michael Sheen, he goes, oh, there he is, that chinless freak. And then Michael Sheen sees him, his lips him, he goes, did he say something about my chin? He said something about my chin. And then his henchman next to him goes, it's a fantastic chin, sir, or something. His, his, now that dude, the lieutenant, fucking good. He was funny, yeah. He had like three lines and he, he knocked it out of I the park. They, I reckon they picked him up off a stage in London being no, funny. No, I've seen him and stuff. We'll right. look this time. We'll figure it out. We got two more runs at this. Uh, yeah, So, but I thought Michael Sheen sort of comedic performance. He did, he did what he was there to do. You And you were, you accurately said that this is a lot of hard work for everyone involved yeah. delivering this script. Oh my God, because he got some real dungers in there that he had to say out loud. He was very sorry for good actors when they get delivered some shit. It's just like, you I don't. say that out loud? Nah, Ooh. man. Look at their bank accounts. Yeah, it's what true. do you reckon Michael Sheen got for that role? Mm. $5 million? Is he at that level, do you reckon? Uh, five mil seems high. I honestly don't know how much actors get paid. Me neither. Maybe a, what did Danny Jr. get? Twenty million dollars? Yeah, I reckon. Because it's so to, much money. That is so much money. That how much? Um, uh, how how much money did this movie cost? Do we know? Can you Google we that? We can. You got to go through it though a little bit. Now look, I'll grant you, winding up with four million dollars in your pocket is a lot. But like when you go, the actor got paid twenty mil, right? How much do they get in their pocket? Oh, yeah. Let's all take a moment to feel bad for Robert Downey Jr. And the other millionaires in Hollywood, guys. That's guy. right. They've had it tough. It's tough. What Sometimes with all the tax people, breaks? People will the... watch their movies and discuss them in unflattering terms after the fact. <laughs> uh, the budget was full. My God. Gone. So Cats was $100 million. Yeah, was it 60? Where do you think this one sits? 60. Oh, no, less than that. Uh, 50. 50 mil. 60 mil? North of 60, 70, 100? North of, 100, north of cats, 120, 130, 150? How much was that? It was $175 million to make this movie. Oh, no. And to be fair, they've made back 150 out of them. Have they? Yeah. How do you do that? How do you do that with this movie, People man? love, oh, Danny Elfman did the music of yeah. Simpsons fame. Oh, true. He's uh, done lots of movies. I don't know. I don't know where the money comes back. Fuck, man. I'm sorry. I'm now I'm deep in the Wikipedia page. I've lost, I've lost you to the wiki, which is fine. 
If you want to check out Robert Downey Jr.'s voice in this, you can just watch the trailer and it's pretty on display for the, it's okay to be scared. No, I think to truly absorb just how insane the decisions he made are, you do need to watch the whole thing which is not something I'd ordinarily recommend. And don't go to the cinema for this. Nah, this, let's this talk will, about that, this actually. This will be remembered as one of the worst movies of the year, undoubtedly. Going to the cinema for this, kind of a treat. Having the whole cinema to ourselves was so nice. Yeah. It was fucking great. Well, as, as when we discussed, do you get, we're like, welcoming people into our lounge for this next screening, I think. Essentially, that's what we had, right? It was like our room... Imagine having your own big cinema at home. That's what this was like. Do you know what you need to do? Start a $175 million movie. And then I Get can do that. Get a paycheck. Yeah, you're not wrong. You've yeah, got a projector. Yeah, you don't broke, have a, you it don't broke have a year seat. and a half ago and never uh, got it fixed. I'm sorry for that. No, that's okay. Um, Were you saying sorry to me or sorry to the people walking past the camera? I was saying sorry to you and your projector was. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think the next screen is at 12.50 p.m., which is a slightly more social hour. Mm. Uh, I am not looking forward to it. I... Who's the Flick 4 guy? Because, like, who are we expecting to turn up for this? Like, it's a kid's movie, right? Yeah, yeah Which is why it was something that I, when we started getting into eight, it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is a kid's movie. Eight to 12 years old. It feels mean to... And their parents. To, like, give the worst idea treatment to a legitimate children's film. That seems silly. Well, do you know the beauty of it is... We're it's in impossible our, th- to, <laughs> It's impossible to gauge if there's no one else in the cinema. At that point, the movie is just for us. Okay, so the first one's free. It's a free hit. Yeah. Uh, I would just like to say, while I remember quickly, that the Robert Downey Jr. information I had was a friend of mine did the junket for mm. Doolittle. Explain what a junket is to the people. A junket is sort of like, you know, like you see all those tour. talking heads interviews where uh, actors talk about their roles, and there's often one or two of them in the room, and they're sort of going, oh, we had a good time on set, whatever, and they get asked the same inane set of questions it's by about like 70 to 80 journalists actor, in three hours in a hotel yeah. room in a day. It, it must be horrible, right? It's exhausting. There's a, there was an old meme of Ben Affleck on his Batman tour uh, with a, like a slow zoom in where uh, there was a moment where he truly let himself feel how he was actually feeling and it is one of the most forlorn gazes I've seen in all my years. Oh, but uh, Robert Downey Jr. is, uh, before he enters any room, it must be set at, I believe, 78 degrees Fahrenheit. This is the amount of power that this man now has. And a lot of the actors, Michael Sheen and whatnot, were asked... Why uh, is that? What? Because I guess... Wait, sorry, you were saying? A lot of the other actors got asked what the deal is with Robert Downey Jr. and his temperature-controlling maniacal ego. Not the temperature control, but they said... uh, you know, it's it's incredible to think just how political language is and the way that you can get around saying what really happened. But they're like, you know, it was a uh, really interesting experience on set. There were a lot of... You know, it was a really... uh, exciting and challenging story to bring to life <laughs> and like you know all of these words which sound positive but if you read between the lines people are saying this was a fucking disaster terrible. from way to go but no uh, Danny Jr. also for his and this is how he knew it was going to be a bomb and a pretty cunning PR workaround all of his interviews around Doolittle were to be done by children he didn't let any independent thinking adults interview him about the film which I think is that is genius it's pretty good eh holy shit that is some Tony Stark evil genius shit how do you get away with explaining why you spent 175 million (laughs) dollars on experimenting with your voice 
You get kids to ask you about it. Realistically, he was just thrown into the digital fur technology pot. He saw an opportunity and he exploited it. He to chooses his, own his opportunities. Um, that is so smart, though. Good on him. Yeah, massively good on him. I think the Hollywood filmmaking industry needs to stop being so precious and pretending like filmmaking is easy and a rose walk and that everyone's nice. And they should do real honest interviews after the fact so we can appreciate the hard work and and dedication that goes into making these things. I want to see interviews. Maybe this is a bit worst idea, Colin. But I want to see interviews not with the stars. I want to talk to craft services. I want to talk to costume. The people who who actually know what it was like. Fucking hair and makeup. They know everyone's secrets. They really do. If we could get them in front of um, some uh, some e news journalists, now now we've got a product. Now we've got something I want to see. Don't give me your fucking junket. Your junket's something you're trying to give to me. I want to hear from the hair and makeup person. These are the people who we could probably access if we so chose. I guess they don't want to be chased out of Hollywood. They're all NDA'd up the wazoo, yeah, I would yeah. assume. But like, it could be a whole other... <laughs> I mean, you get two films out of it. If it was a total shit show making Doolittle, you make Doolittle, you put it out, you wait 12 months, because these movies and don't really have a shelf life. You make the making of. Well, Rebel Wilson uh, is the first person I saw to publicly, loudly distance themselves or like make fun of cats at the uh, British actors. Bafters? Yeah, there's something like that, where she said uh, she's half The British she's American Fire Tobacco Awards. Yeah. Big Tobacco getting behind film finally. Yes. I'll say that. Uh, but she said half her dress was some event from Australia, and the other half was uh, she'd been at a funeral for the movie Cats. <laughs> <laughs> and That's I like nice. you know there is a grace period after a movie that you've been involved in. And a lot of people have worked hard on where it's it is rude and disrespectful and unprofessional to shit on it. But I don't know what that grace period is and the point at which you can say I guess the end of the cinema release maybe. The thing with Rebel Wilson is I don't think. Well, I guess she had some big scenes, actually. She worked hard, but, you know, she wasn't at the level of, like, um, the lead. Whose you don't name think I've she already hard. forgot? Francesca, Vanessa, Francesca, Francesca Hudgen. Francesca Hayward. Hayward. Nice. I don't think she worked hard, who? Reba Wilson? Yeah. As Jenny uh, Anydot. For her scene, she had to, like, learn the choreography and shit. You're on the record as saying she did not bring it. No, she didn't do a good job. I'm just saying she tried hard, so it's like, you know... <clears throat> The thing that you're saying about being disrespectful about the film in the wake of it, it's like she had some investment in this, in Cats. I we're not talking know. about Cats, we're talking about Doolittle. Unless little. they've got producer credits where they're getting a cut of the box office, I reckon once you're out of there, hang as much shit on it as you like. Does Robert Downey Jr. produce, or does he just act? Uh, a woman named Susan Downey is listed as a producer. That's his wife. Well, there you go. I'm pretty sure that's his you wife. You are correct. So she 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 produces. Danny Jr. is not listed as a producer. Uh-huh. He gets top billing as the star, and rightly so. Second billing, Robert Danny Jr.'s voice box. Worked overtime <laughs> on this thing. <laughs> do you know, a lot of people say it's impossible to act in a movie where you do all of the accents in the world. And Robert Danny Jr. said, technically, yes, but not if I do them all at the same time. It is, it's kind of worth seeing for the voice, isn't it's it? It's rude and wrong if to you, do accents from countries you've not been to and you know mimic experiences of people you have not met. 
But if you bury them underneath layers of accents that you are familiar with, yeah. all of a sudden we're dealing with something else. You know what's happened? We we let him get away with Tropic Thunder into <laughs> blackface with no consequences, and now he is drunk with power. Yeah. He thinks he can do anything. It's the same thing as my dream of having a button on your Spotify that plays all of the songs you like at the same time, just to test the theory as to whether or not that would make for a better song. I like all these songs individually. Why wouldn't I like them together? <laughs> See, That's Robert Downey Jr. with accents. Seems like the audio equivalent of, I like cake, so what if I eat all the ingredients? I'll just eat a cup of flour, crack a raw egg into my mouth. No, it's more like I'll put all of the ingredients for 10 different style of cakes in yeah. the bowl and make it one big cake. Yeah. And we don't know what that cake tastes like That's yet. That's true. It'd be a big cake. We know cake. what it sounds like. It'd be big. And this movie's big. <laughs> it sounds confusing. Yeah, it's big and confusing, which this movie is both of those things. How so long have we got to the next It's actually 12.45. We're all right. We're all right for a bit. Hey, how do you feel about seeing this movie another couple of times? Honestly, I think... I'm fine with it, eh? This thing, it doesn't... It's not, not too next, long. This next screening will be okay. I, the reason I'm looking at my watch is because I really want to get a coffee before it. Oh, wanna, God, that'd be good. I want to set, set ourselves up for it. I think... Yeah. The next watch will be fine. The third watch will be harder. And I'm really disappointed we're not doing the four. I'm sorry about that. I fucked Honestly, that. Honestly, don't sweat it. It's a small mercy. I might stick around. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> should no, I leave no. the gear with you? No, no. See what you do. Even to say it. The idea of it is funny. It's the same thing as going to Cats by myself the next day. By the time you get to that moment, yeah. it's like, I feel you, like you, we're already doing enough to research. You want my honest opinion? I think you should stick around and see the movie again. Easy for you to say, Mr. <laughs> I've got to go to work. <laughs> is this not work? This <laughs> Do we not work? That, that's, why, that's why this is... Um, I think we're just so great. What are you looking... Oh, you're looking at the timer? I'm looking at We've your We've been balls. talking for like 35 minutes. Um, it's nice to just be in a cinema with your pal. Like, this is just time. It's a holiday, isn't it? So it's hard to get too too depressed and downtrodden and worked up about it. It's just funny to see so much money fail, but then apparently not. I'm kind confused of that it's making money. I mean, in Hollywood, if you break even... Something's gone wrong. Does that constitute a failure still? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, definitely. If you spend $175 million, you expect to make twice that back, I imagine, I reckon, right? Yeah. Big gamble, big payoff. High risk, high reward filmmaking. What's think, next for digital fur technology? I understand that they're going to they're re-rub the 98 Dr. Doolittle with Eddie Murphy. I wouldn't mind seeing that franchise come back to life. So I would love it. Oh, wait. Are you serious? No. Okay. I would love it if they were playing. I mean, it would literally only be for us. But yes. if they went Doolittle 2020, Doolittle 1998, Doolittle 2020, Doolittle 1998. What do you mean? They put that on at the cinema? Yeah. Oh, that would be nice. Should we watch um, the Eddie Murphy Doolittle at some point? When we have the time. Yeah. i got nothing left to say on this watch, Tim. Neither do I. Two out of five. Doolittle. There's a dragon in this movie. We have no choice but to embark on this perilous journey. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.